You know what that sound means. Welcome back to Just a Tip Off. The NBA podcast set is now starting its fifth season of the NBA Ooh. as a podcast, which is make sure maybe we don't have enough episodes you would think to be in our we fifth season, but you know what? Like you know, yeah, yeah, this you know is, what? Uh, you get what you get. <laughs> There's no uh, blueprint for this, right? There's no playbook. It just is what it is. So. We're here. The 2022-23 season is upon us. We're approximately 15 or so games in, so I think we've kind of just gotten past that overreaction period. Yeah, over a height. Yeah, so we might start finding out, uh, you know, who these teams really are. Definitely, definitely, some overreactions could have been had as. As fellow Ohioans here, you know, a nice 8-1 and one start for the Cavs looked really nice. good. And then now they've dropped their last five games. So maybe a little comeback down to earth yeah. Earth period here. But still exciting. I'm ins- I th- I've enjoyed what we've seen. I think there was a, a really large inrush of excitement and energy. And the teams that came out to play came out to play. Like, we had a lot of, we've had a lot of really good basketball in the past three three weeks and um, it's hard to believe that we've already seen about 15 games because I almost thought we it's been half that long. It's just gone by so quick that yeah. I just can't believe that we've already surpassed 15. But anyway, the surprises that we were talking about earlier were the Cavs who just came out oh, in a tear eight and one at one point, eight and one. And then they've lost their last five. Um, so as a little comeback down to earth, I don't think anyone was expecting the Cavs to just go run away with well, we, the East. Especially when Darius Garland went down in like the first five minutes. Like, that's what's yeah, that's what's weird is they went on that run without him. Which is a little bit concerning, I'm not gonna lie. I mean he came back about like half of it. I think they he came back and they won their first two games, and now Donovan Mitchell's been out the past couple games as well. Um, but I mean you look at um you got a a bad loss where you collapse against the Clippers. You lost a close one to the Kings. You lost a close one to the to the Warriors. You lost a close one to the Timberwolves. You got kind of blown out by the Bucks, but they're losing close games, so they're not. It's not like they're gone, but they've got a couple of big statement wins too. You know, they've got two early wins, both in overtime against the Celtics, who currently lead the the Eastern Conference. So. I think the pieces are there. I think it's just going to take a little more time. And I'm let's be honest. Like I think if you're a Cavs fan, 8 and 6 sitting fourth in the East is probably around where you thought the team would start. Maybe a couple games better, but yeah. It's going to take some time for them to gel because they really haven't had a lot of time for truly. I mean, the big point, the big point's going to be how Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell fit together. And they've only played like three games out of this first, you know, 14 or so together. So I'm not overly shocked that they still have to figure out how that's working. Because clearly they're good both on their own and running the show. It's going to be how can they maximize both of their abilities when they're both on the court. That's the thing they'll figure out. That's just more reps. But the other teams that are kind of – so not going to lie, that surprised uh, – even as a Cleveland fan, that surprised me yeah. that they were going to do that well. But um, – the other teams that have been kind of surprising are the, the Trailblazers. They're yeah. comfortably at the top ten the West. and four. I'm not going to say that I wanted to doubt Damian Lillard's rehab, but 
I really didn't think they were going in this direction when we first no, started. No, and I, and I also think it's just because they did what they've done the past – other than the C.J. McCollum trade, they – Which they did before the end yeah, of last season. they've made like no – Splash moves in their in the since Damian Lillard's been there. Besides getting besides Lamarcus Aldridge walking, there's been no big player movement for the Trailblazers. So I'm I'm shocked as well that they have shown up like this. Given that we I wouldn't say wrote them off at the at the beginning of the season, but we're like, oh, it's just the Trailblazers. They're yeah, going to be yeah. the Trailblazers. They're going to have probably about a 500 record and. Dame's going to try to make a run in late March to get him into the playoffs, like they have done every eight of the last ten years that Damian Lillard's been there. So I am surprised by that. And I think a lot of that has been without Gary Payton, too, who is going to be one of their best defensive players this year for sure. Let's see. I don't think he's even played a game yet. Uh, was it a wrist injury? I can't remember what his, his injury is, but... Yeah, that's going to be a scary team when he comes back. Um, Yusuf Nurkic has been playing well. Uh, Gary Trent. No, nope. uh, no, I'm sorry, Anthony uh, Simons. Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant. I mean, they got they got three three players averaging 20 points a game. So I guess you did you did bring in Jeremy Grant. Yeah. So I guess that was like your your bigger Splash move or whatever. Which I think now he's, he's been doing pretty well. yeah he slides back into the role that I think he is made for, which is. A low-end two, high-end three player on your team. Yes. Uh, And I think that's what he is right now because I think, like, Lillard's the clear one, and then Anthony Simons is – it's almost like 2A, 2B between Grant and Simons. Yeah. But honestly, like, I would put them at 3A, 3B. I think they have one, one, and two threes. I don't think they have, like, a a, a a true two two player right now in terms of, like – Nurkic can sometimes be – like a steady force, but he's not. I think they can't lean on him. As much I, he, he's, he's just a good. solid, like walking double double. You're gonna yeah. get your ten and ten yeah. out of him, and and that's what that's what you're gonna Hopefully get. You out get of a him. couple assists and blocks in there, and you'd be happy. Yeah, exactly. As long as he's not hurting you, I think they're fine with having him on the floor. Um, but yeah, I agree. I am surprised that the Blazers have looked this good to start the season. Now it's early. You know we're just you know we're five five six games from a quarter of the way through the season, so we still have you know eighty percent of this season left. Oh yeah, and a lot can happen. Um, but I agree. I think uh, I think I think they're they're probably the biggest surprise in the West, other than maybe the Jazz being competent after. Seemingly just trading away and throwing a grenade into yeah. the uh, into the camp and blowing it up and. Somehow getting better. Seriously, I mean, you got Laurie Markkinen, who's leading this team in scoring right now at 21 points per game. My guy, you remember what I said when we lost him? We traded away. I was like, I know this is not a popular guy, popular opinion, but I love Laurie Markkinen. When he was on our team, I was so like... I think think what's, what's nice and what's working well for the Jazz is that they don't have a guy... So they've got six guys who are averaging more than 10 points a game right now. So they're getting good scoring. Kelly Olynyk's playing well. Malik Beasley and Mike Conley are chipping in 10 and 12 points a game. So, you know, definitely surprised that the Jazz have been this, this Goodness, good. This long. Um, Will they come back down to earth? I think so, because I feel like eventually I, talent does kind of win out but, okay, in the league. Look, look at this, though. What do you think the most 
Sorry. What do you think the least amount of wins this season are going to be? 27. 27. Okay. All right. 27, I think it's still a little high. But even at 27, the Jazz are almost are over a third of the way there. Yeah. They won't be the worst team. Yeah. No. They'll be... I think, honestly, look at it. They have, they the have, Grizzlies. They're going to be fighting for a play-in game, I think. Yeah. Is that what they should be doing? Maybe not, but... <laughs> I think they have a pick. I forget what their, their pick strategy is, but they've got a bunch of them. Yeah, they've got, they've got quite a few now. Um, so, but yeah, you're right. The Grizzlies... Sitting at nine and six, then now Desmond Bain has been ruled out for three to four weeks with a lower leg injury, I believe, and John Rant missed some time. I, I think I don't know. I'm not worried about the Grizzlies at all. They will literally cycle out their best players for some scrubs and somehow and it works. Maintain the yes. Yeah, they 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 are able to do that. They're still a very young roster. I think I think they'll be fine. Where do they find these guys? I don't know. Like, how do they get? Every time. Santi Aldama? Who the f- is that? Right. Who the hell is Santi Aldama? Uh, He's not going to get much playing time because Jerry Jackson's back. But yes, still. true, true. And, the, yeah, and they're getting Triple J back. So we'll see how that works. Um, a little surprised Minnesota's having a rough stretch. I'm, now, I, I know. Come I know. on. Okay, so Minnesota, the team that traded away a, a, a literal playoff contending team, Trading away half of its team for Rudy Gobert yeah. to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, other seven footer. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily like working all that well right now. So it's I, not. And you know what else doesn't work? Their, their culture, their attitude is shit. And I don't, I don't think bringing Gobert in helps that because. No, Towns and Russell have already kind of been known to sometimes be like lazy players. Um, I know there were times in, in uh, Anthony Edwards' college career when they were questioning his passion for the game, and I, you know, I think we've we've seen enough like he's attitude really- out of Gobert when he was with the Jazz to to know that this probably isn't the most like all in roster in the NBA. Yeah, it's it's gonna they're gonna have to have some internal change that need to happen before they start winning like seriously on the court. We'll see if that happens. We'll see if they make any moves at the trade deadline. But yeah, any uh, any you think there's anything to Golden State's early season struggles starting off six and nine? Um, nice, but the yeah, I mean, uh, I mean Curry's doing his thing. As he would. Um, doing his thing. I mean, he's doing his thing in good so yeah. Those four wins, might as well say Steph, Stephen Curry's uh, wins. Yeah. He's literally carried them to them. They're trying to do the thing they did last year for as long as they can, which i got to respect, and that is you want to develop your own players, but you also want to win. That's really hard to do at the yeah. same time because young players are bad. It's just how it goes. They're, they don't know what they don't know until they know it. So trying to serve the two masters, as they say, is, is tough to do until you, you really have to. So last year, they were fortunate enough to be able to play the veterans when they had to, but they wanted to preserve them for whatever they were coming off injury or the, so they could just preserve them. But this year, they're not quite so fortunate. They don't, they don't have the auto port. The 
Gary Gary Payton. Gary Payton yeah. Juniors. They are going to have to play with those young players, so they're going to have to suck for a while, and maybe they don't make it, but they might be able to make a play-in team. And at that point, that's really all you need to do is just get a shot, right? Yeah, I mean, this is the defending champions. Yeah, but the, okay, yes, they would like to go back-to-backs, but doing what they have to do to do that, that shouldn't be the, oh, we have to go back to that. They're going to try. Oh, no, I, I agree, but I'm just like, it, did they make so many moves in the offseason to impact the team this bad, or are they just going through a rush stretch? Like, moves? yeah, you what, lost. What, what moves could they make? Like, well, exactly. Like, the, the Gary Payton left, and that's Good about bad. it, right? No, they lost Otto Porter Jr. Not that big a deal. Okay, well, they lost Nima uh, Belizia. Was he really playing? I mean, he was the center, the the backup, the power forward, the the bench unit that they needed to just carry the minutes that the starters couldn't handle. Like, Jordan Poole, we got to be Jordan Poole because he had players around him who were veterans who knew what to do and didn't have to hold up, like, his misgivings. Now Jordan Poole has to be good on defense, and he's not to be not. He's still young. He's not good on defense. He's, I don't know. I, it is what it is. But um, I, that's, I that's I, what I see. James Wiseman. Oh yeah. my God! Is uh, I encourage you if you've not seen the Golden State Warriors, you you're just not watching basketball, which I get. It's still early, but it's go watch the Golden State Warriors, and when he plays, that is why they're four. What is it? Six and nine. Is, is he? He's a minus almost thirty. It's like a minus twenty nine, minus twenty five. When I say minus twenty nine, minus twenty five, they measure on off. So when you're on the court, if your team does well, you have a good on off. If you are off the court and your team does well, that hurts you. If you are on the court and your team does bad, that's really bad. And if you're off the court and your team does well, that's again really bad. Steph Curry doesn't help this, and I think that's why the numbers are inflated. But just to show, just check out that stat. It is a it is a wild one. Yeah, I gotta I gotta go back to find a game where he actually played in to Which, check out his his plus minus. Let's but it's just see. funny because if you have a player that bad and a player that good, you can see these large stretches. And when you see numbers like player efficiency rating or on off, and it's in the 20s, that's bad. That's that's or really good, or the player is just that good. Like Nikola Jokic last year, he was approaching like 17, mm-hmm. 18, um, and he was the MVP. So, but uh, the Warriors, I'm not necessarily worried about. If they had to, they could play Iguodala more, which we'll see how good of a defender he can Yikes. be. Uh, Draymond Green, if he really tries, Clay Thompson's not been making a lot of shots as of late. But he's I, I think the Warriors are fine. I think they're just going through a rough stretch, to be honest. I think they'll be fine. I think the Clippers will be fine. I think just Kawhi has only played like two games. Tell me to started on the Clippers. So they'll be fine. I guess if we have to, uh, the Lakers probably won't be fine because, once again, they – I mean, yeah, I think probably Russ off the bench might work. But the issue is, is that the rest of their bench is just what? 
Exactly. Him. See, it's not Al. just Russ. Everyone else is pissed. They're like, oh, I need you to come off the bench. That's why they're bad. It's like, well, no, the rest of the team's bad. It's it's just the a, rest of the team's bad. The Lakers are bad. All right, we're done with the Lakers because cool. we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> the Mavericks. How about the Mavericks? We, I don't know. We've been sticking to the West a lot. True. If you want to talk about him, I kind of do. Luka Doncic is good at basketball, playing heliocentric ball, and he's been putting up big numbers. However, this is kind of like the James Harden, the LeBron James, the it's heliocentric ball. Uh, Devin Booker's mm-hmm. a lot of superstars have done it at a certain point in their career when the the players around them are at a certain level and they are at a different level. So it's just how it goes. I think he's probably going to get the MVP this year, just. Because he's gonna have, I mean, he's gonna have one of the highest usage, one of the highest usage rates in the league. Yeah, it's that's so. Just look out for that. So yeah, so we've been talking about the West a lot here. Seven and Sixers. Seven and seven. That's a pretty good drink. It's your one of your favorite drinks, isn't it? Seven and seven. Yeah. I don't even know what that. No, is. that's Jake's. That's Jake's drink. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're. They've had some injuries issues. I think Harden's only played like half their games, but um, I don't know. Embiid's playing well. Embiid could be a MVP candidate this year. Just dropped a fifty-nine point game. Yeah, a triple double, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no, he was two assists off. Oh, yeah, sorry, that was huge though. He had hella blocks. Basically, scored twenty some points. Twenty-four of the seventy-sixers, twenty-six points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, he had, he had. 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 7 blocks. So he was close to the quad double. Dude. Approaching quad double. That's that's a... That has not been done since... What NBA player? Uh, and in what year? Bonus point. Oh my god, I don't even know when we really get the player. Is it... Um, you got it. Is it Ewing? No. The Admiral? Close. Timmy? Timmy, Timmy, Timmy Dean? Duncan, baby. Timmy Ho? Tim Duncan, all right. Again, do you know the year? No, well, I mean, it's. I could narrow it down to 20 years. He's in the finals game, man. It was like 2003, 2004. Okay, so one of his first ones. His one's with uh, the Twin Tower era. Yeah, man. With the Admiral. I'm interested in. I think when you look at the East standings right now, three teams kind of pop out at you. For being out of place, and it's Miami, Chicago, and Brooklyn, who are 10, 11th, and 12th, respectively. Brooklyn, I think, given that Ben Simmons has been like, what the fuck's going on there, and the whole Kyrie suspension with the anti-Semitism stuff, and just Kyrie being Kyrie, it's not surprising to find Brooklyn struggling just I because... I think he's getting drugged over the coals a little bit. I think he says some things be. that he doesn't really know about. And Which, that's all but I really again, want to talk about it's it. also Kyrie. That's what he does. It's That's what he does, and this is how the NBA responds to things of that nature. This is how the public does, for sure. Yes. For sure. So, I can kind of give Brooklyn a pass on being um, so low, but it's also, I'm not they surprised. They can get their center situation figured out between either Claxton or Ben Simmons. They'll be in a good spot. I would hope that they're looking at the trade market a little bit more seriously with maybe Kevin Durant than they, they have been in the past because do they really think that Kyrie Irving is going to play for them after this season? True. Seriously. Like, even if they, they offer him the money, I don't think they would. Kevin Durant is actively trying to get out of there. Um, 
I mean, he's willing to play with whomever. I'm not saying that he's always asking for a trade, but he's he wouldn't be mad if he got traded. Is all I'm saying. True. True. Um, but the, yeah, the big one for me is Chicago at six and nine. Um, just you know. I expected more out of a team with DeRozan, Levine, and Vucevic. I know Lonzo Ball is out, um, which kind of hurts the team's ability, like playmaking ability, because DeRozan and Levine are more of your have-to-have-the-ball-in-the-hands kind of players to score. Um, so I'm a little surprised they're struggling. Alex Cruz is having a career-worst year on offense. Still great on defense, but... Um, Maybe they're just not getting some of the reliable play out of the role players that they were getting last year, like your Patrick Williams, your Kobe White, your Derek Jones and Alex Caruso stuff. Andre Drummond's come in, hasn't really made that big of an impact here. Dragic hasn't made a big impact. They're struggling a point guard, I think. They're They're struggling a point guard. Struggling in a couple areas. The point guard... Dragic is not. I think he's a, it, it, a but year between Dragic, Kobe White, and Ayu Dusumo, it's like. Eh. I like Ayu. Um, I do too. I think, but I think Lonzo is I think he's. I think Ayu is more of like a Clarkson, Jordan Clarkson yeah, type so guy. Be like a six man. Yeah, I, I think that's more his role than what he has to play right now. And honestly, you, you hope things would get better when Lonzo Ball comes back. But I also don't really know if they have a timetable for that either. So. There's that issue as well. But. I'm, I'm worried that the uh, the Bulls may have wasted their shot because they they put a, a lot of money into building now with Vucevic and signing DeRozan and trying to bring some support around Levine. It, it just feels like it's a little bit too shaky in, in too many areas for this to be like a successful – team. Like, I think it's going to have to go through some major changes before it gets better, because Vooch is getting older. He's only I think he's 32 now, or 31. But he his decline last year was rough. Unless he gets a more reliable three-point shot, I don't know how, how it's going to work out. Because Andre Drummond is not the the guy you want to have to be his, his backup when he's got to be I don't know, sitting more. Yeah. Vooch is going to get hurt. Yeah, he's 32. I just, Andre Drummond's only 29, which is still baffling. He's just really good at it. One like, he's going to be in the league for another seven years doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. He'll be Wills. It'll be Ty Chandler in this, man. Which is nuts. I feel like he's been in the league for 10 years and he's only 29. He's going to be the Vince Carter. Just chilling, just hanging around. I he, think he, he got an MVP vote once. He got an MVP vote once. You know he did. He got an MVP vote one time. Some Somebody out there thought he was the MVP of the Some league. fool. Some fool. Probably when he was like putting up like 20 and 20 numbers in Detroit when Detroit had nothing else. That's exactly what it was. I don't know, man. This guy is, uh, is pretty good. <laughs> oh. All right. You got any other any other team that you've been watching? Any other? I've been watching the Thunder a little on the bit. teams. Well, you know, as you do, as I do. SGA is having a good year. It's confounding because, or it's really just sad too. Because if Chet was there this year, I just feel like the vibe would be so much different. They are. 
they know what this season is and they're handling it like professionals, but you know, they know, and they do lose games purposefully, whether they are like on board with it or not. They know that the coaching changes or the, the lineup changes, the times in which they have people on the court, it is apparent to see how they want this season to go. I mean, you say that, but I'm looking at their last five games, and they've got a loss to the Bucks in doubled overtime. Yep. You beat the Raptors by almost 20. You yep. beat the Knicks by – you score 145 on the Knicks. Yep. You just barely lose to the Celtics, and you beat the Wizards by one. So, like, come on, miss that last bucket, my guy. Why are we Why are we beating the Wizards if, if they are doing this? I'm saying, like, they definitely have – they have some wins that it's like – and some close losses where, I mean, maybe the close loss, I mean, that's that competitive tank we always talk about. But I don't know. I, I feel like I would expect more from a team who's tanking than 7-8. and eight. Like, those are rookie numbers. Like, where, where's, where's the 3-11? and 11? Look, look at what the Rockets are doing. Oh, come on. numbers up. Or the Lakers. They're not even trying to do it, and they're doing it. Like, come on. The Lakers are so good it's at the competitive tank, tank they don't days, even know man. it. You just got to – uh, the Charlottes of the world are just absolutely like, all right, uh, Melo, go out there for a game or two and just re-aggravate the entry. Don't worry. We step day. See that, see that fan this. over there? Step on his ankle. He did. He literally stepped on a spectator's foot and re-aggravated the ankle injury. Yeah. No, he's, that's the Charlotte. I'm trying to keep my eyes off of Charlotte and the teams within it. Sorry, Sam. Uh, it's not, uh, not going to be pretty. This year, I'm surprised they're doing as well as they are. No, I, I, I concur. They are. Tanking for Wemby. Isn't everybody. That or, you know, I, I, Oscar Sheepway, we're watching us in college basketball here to Gonzaga and Kentucky on Sunday. That's going to be a game. <laughs> and Kentucky's got a, a walking 2020 right now. Yeah. And Oscar Sheepway, a walking 2020. Um. So that looks real fun. Fun for whoever can get him. But obviously it is the tank for Victor situation because we've all we've all seen the YouTube videos. We've all seen the clips. We've seen the direction the NBA is going. It's, you know, why five years ago it's like you want to draft a seven-foot guy who weighs 120 pounds and now everybody wants to draft a seven-foot guy weighing 120 pounds. It's like two Chet Holmgren's on the floor at once. <laughs> right? Everyone's hoping they can get the next Giannis in terms of tall and lanky, except for nowadays all these guys can shoot. I really am so sad that Chevrolet is not playing this year. I really want to see him play. Uh, Alfred Singun Alfred. Is, is, uh, is having a, a, a solid start to the year for the Rockets. Oh, Alfred Singun's awesome. He's also a very uh, Nikola Jokic, Jokic-esque Crafty center. He's just fun to it's fun to watch because he can dribble a little bit. He can pass. He's just he's slick with it. You know, get check out Houston. I don't know what it is. Jalen Green, man, his shots just maybe that's what Trace McGrady used to look like before he started making them. But I, I question almost every time he shoots the ball, like, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Is that shot? Do you practice that shot? What kind of shot is that? Like, it's the Patrick Ewing coach for Gonzaga. Or no, uh, Georgetown. Mm-hmm. He's like, what kind, of, what kind of shot is that? <laughs> oh. 
Kyle Bencaro and lighten it up. And yeah, die. he looks. Orlando. Uh, I mean, is it, it? Can anyone stop him for Rookie of the Year now? No. No. I mean, Unless already we're fifteen. Even we're fifteen games in, and he looks. I mean, he's the best player on the Magic. Yeah. Now I will say that it's going to be. They're probably going to have to maybe hamstring him for the stretch if they want to try to contend for Wemby. But even if they did, could they even use Wembyama? That's one team I don't even know if they could benefit from. They would probably trade the pick. You pass up on talent like that, though. Okay, so they're going to draft Wembyama, have him, Bancaro, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., uh Obama. Bulls actually having a solid, a solid decent year. year right now, averaging thirteen and eight. Um, thirteen and eight with two blocks. So you don't hate that. I mean, I think what'll happen is if if they did draft like Webinyama, they would they would use this momentum. They would try to sell Bulbul out on. After a good year, he'd be like, hey, look, he's he's turned the corner. He's finally something playable, and we'll, they'll try to sell him, sell him why his stock is pretty high. Um, I don't know, but I feel like when you're a young team and you have a bunch of young potential talent, having too much, too, you know, air quotes, too much when you're a young team isn't bad because you have time to figure out who's real, who isn't. Someone's going to be a bust. It's just natural. It's natural. So I mean, let's say you, you let's Davis. say you do have <laughs> Bancaro and Wendell Carter Jr. and Mo Bamba and Webinyama and Suggs. and Bo Bull all oh, at Bo the Bo power Bo. forward center position. Okay, well you can argue right now Bamba's the bust because he was drafted like third overall, uh, fifth or whatever. I you know not all of them are going to work out. Even though they're all top picks with the exception of Bo Bull, which you like traded for. Yeah, but. You know, probably three of the five of them will work, and boom, there you go. You got your three to five. You get your three to five, and you can't even tell me, given the size and the ball handling ability of like your Bancaros and your Webinyamas, that you don't just play all of them. Do what the Cavs did: play three seven footers, because if they can handle the ball, put and can defend, put them at the three. Yeah, even if they can't, like, Bancaro's big enough learn. to guard LeBron, like. He's, he's smaller than LeBron and plays the power forward. The, the beautiful thing about height is that you don't have to be mobile. With being short, you can get crowded. You can get somebody can like swallow you up. With height, at some point, you can just grab the ball, hold it up high, look at It's just, I don't know. There's been a, a fluctuation in the league from the early 2000s in height and people who were big, they could only shoot. Uh, close range, mm-hmm. like the Shacks of the world. Um, your Yao Mings. Your Yao Mings. Exactly. That was like even even Yao was an anomaly because he could sometimes stretch it out to the uh, elbow. But when you started to get to the three-point revolution, it was even more of a disparity between big men and three-pointers and range and, and space. And so there's been small ball, which was unheard of in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But now... Again, we have that spring back of you have the, uh, the deficit in the height and ball handling skills and shooting, and we're starting to see that in guys like Porzingis or um, he was leading, but like Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Jerry Jackson Jr. supposedly when he's able to, to play, but 
guys like that. So eventually mm-hmm. it's going to come where we get this height and now ball handling is getting thrown into it. Guys like Joel Embiid who can now throw three-pointers up, but it's still ball handling is not great. Like he, he's able to do a little bit, uh, but not really that much. You don't want him bringing the ball up the court. Yeah, he isn't. You're getting guys like Chet Holmgren who supposedly can be ball or like Alexei Pokusevskis, who are these kind of guys, Nikola Jokic's, that's the evolution that I'm seeing. Yeah. So if you can get big guys who can handle the ball or pass or shoot threes, that's what you want. Because rebounds, that'll come. Shooting around the basket, you can teach touch. Yeah. Enough mic and drills, you'll be all right. Yeah, I mean, part of it is that just inherent feel for the game as a whole anyway, and I feel like that's the whole, you know, um, not like the movement, but, you know, the, the oh my god, I can't think of, I can't think of it, but positionless, having like positionless basketball, yeah. and, and especially if you start younger at positionless basketball, these kids now grow up being able to play different roles. It's less, okay, you know, here's your eighth grade basketball team. You're tall, so you're going to play center. And you're short, so you're going to be our guard. You're taking away that stigma of what you physically are is going to decide your position for you. And kids are growing up being able to play more positions, getting more practice at different positions and overall coming into college level and professionally and overseas and stuff with higher level of skill and talent, because I think they've just grown up doing that. You know, I think you probably give part of that credit to Steph Curry too. You know, he always said he made shooting really cool in the NBA and now all these kids, all they want to do is shoot. So guess what? They all shoot no matter what size they are. They all shoot. And you know that you start shooting, and then it's like, oh, I'm just like ball handle, like crossover, and then go into the shooting. All of a sudden, now they start adding Madden. Yeah, yeah. deep bag. Yeah, it's each each next generation of player is building off one another until in 20 years the NBA is going to be just a bunch of seven footers running around. Seven footers crossing people up, taking ankles, and they'll be like. Maybe one or two five foot nothing guys who are just going around like speed demons mm-hmm. and just like <laughs> getting dunks, Nate Robinson style. Yeah, you're just gonna have sooner or later. You're just gonna have a bunch of Victor Webanyamas, a bunch of Steph Currys, and a bunch of John Morants. I think. I think we might. I don't know if we actually see like the guys built like LeBron. Six eight, yeah. Six nine. You're six nine, just big guys. Like I don't know if that's necessarily the style of the NBA anymore. Seems a little more finesse than that than what it was when when like LeBron entered the league. Yeah, that's kind of like the ideal if you can be a driver like that. But defensively, you got to be a little more finesse. I I feel that. Although they do judge and ref. centers and power forwards and small forwards differently than they do shooting guards and guards. They just do like they, they will not call as many, as many fouls on the smaller guys as they do the large guys. Yeah. For ticky tacky, like, uh, like physical fouls. Mm -hmm. I agree. All right. Before we go, er, early season, 
Any any one player on the chopping block, you think, from a team who maybe hasn't started the way they think, so they're going to make a move. Like, you know, like is Julius Randle going to be on the move? Is Bradley Beal going to be on the move? Because we have to Stop bring up Bradley bring Beal. Get that shit out of here. Um, but, you know, teams who maybe aren't looking the way they thought they were going to and have now decided, okay, let's... Let's let's see if we can't make a move here. Obviously, there's also time to think about it. But you know, any any early impressions? I mean, I know I I'm confident that the uh, Nets would be open to ideas for or trade requests for Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant just if the price is right. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, the Hawks have made enough moves that I think they're contending. They're in a good spot that they don't need to, but they may feel a piece away from from really getting there. So Clint Capella, as much as I think he's a, a good player and does a lot for them, they may try to upgrade at that position. They they have an Eke Okongwu, who's a great, mm-hmm. great defender. Um, but maybe they, they need a little bit more scoring out of their, their, their centerpiece. So, I don't know, that's my... That's my Dart at the wall, blind guess. As far as somebody might get, is Clint, Clint Capella? Yeah, Clint Capella. I don't hate. That. I think. I think he talk about a, a, a position that the Raptors needing. We we're talking about those earlier. The Raptors kind of need a center like Capella. Go in and get us a fifteen rebounds, twelve points, and so they, three or would four they blocks trade OG Ananobi for him. Apparently, if he's on the block. Yeah, apparently OG and Anobi's on the block. So I think I don't know. I can't remember who it was, but someone said that the Raptors would trade. OG and OB for Draymond Green, and Mason and I uh, had our disagreed. Uh, Mason thinks it'd be a good trade for I both. I love it. And I think the Raptors would be stupid to do it. For Okay, long-term, I, th- yes. I think Draymond's long-term, washed yes. up. No, I get it. And but may, you, you do a Kawhi Leonard level, yes, I just compared Kawhi Leonard to Draymond Green fight. You, you, you uh, compared prime Kawhi Leonard to washed up Draymond <laughs> yes, Green. Yes, I did. That's what fight you just me. did. Yeah. No, I believe... That the Raptors are a good enough team. Yes, I just said the Raptors are a good team. If you've listened to this channel for the past five years, you know that that's a lot. Okay. They Listen, are a there's a lot, lot of Fred Van Vliet hate coming from this side of the room. Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan when he was on that team. It just – I would not stop. Would not stop. But Fred Van Vliet and with the, All-star. the cast they have around him now, I guess – they are one piece away. And it's not being, Draymond Green. And it could be. No, it could it's be. just not. It's not. I guess we'll never know. I hope we'll never know. Because you don't know. think it's going to happen. I, it, it, if they do that. One for one. Right? You, you, one know, for you, know one. What, you know what? If they do that, the league needs to adopt the fantasy the fantasy football rule where the rest of the league gets to vote on the trade if it goes through, if it's vetoed. <laughs> there and no the rest, trades ever. The rest of the league be like, going to veto that. Going to veto that. Because no one wants to see the Warriors get better, particularly for the future. I don't know. I don't know. Possible. I don't know. We've talked so much about timelines, and Draymond Green doesn't fit their timeline. I feel timeline, but the Raptors have proven that they'll say, fuck a timeline. I'll, I'll take the better player right now. And maybe and I disagree. For one season, if it means glory. But you looked at I'll take the risky was, bet. It was a top five player in Kawhi Leonard versus not even 
a top five center. But how high are you rating OG Ananobi? Like, he's good. Like, he's fine. I don't think Draymond Green makes you better. Kawhi Leonard clearly made you better. Kawhi Leonard made you better. Okay, defensively, and their center position has been, what have we been saying? That's what they need. They need a good center. I don't think Draymond Green's a good center. You're wrong. You know, how does Draymond Green fit in Look this offense? Look at the offense? lineup of the freaking Warriors for the starting lineup. He's their freaking power forward, could be center. It's because they're playing the same style of offense that they've It works with Curry and Thompson and Poole in the way that Steve Kerr plays that offense. I don't know if it works that way. Are you going to you gonna tell me that you're going to roll a lineup There's out there with, in that with two power forwards and Siakam and Draymond Green who both can't shoot the ball? Uh, Siakam has been having a fine time this year, putting up numbers. Three-pointers, I don't think they have to worry about because the rest of the team can shoot them. And even then... They'll still shoot him. Draymond Green, yeah, he's not going to, but their center right now doesn't anyway. What is it, Ken Birch? I don't even know. I, I, just, I, 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 I think you are giving up too much and, and not be getting, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. getting much back. I, 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 don't think, I don't think, in my opinion, the Raptors would be taking a step back. Particularly because... If, if we're looking at this, like, I don't think that moves them into a contender category, which means, and I don't think it helps them in the long run. So, in my opinion, like, there's, he dealt, age-wise, automatically excluded from helping them in the long run, given that the rest of the team is still pretty, pretty youthful. And I don't think it makes them a contender. I don't think you add Draymond Green onto this roster and you can all of a sudden go and say, okay, we can beat the Bucks. No, we can beat the Celtics. No. I don't even think you could beat the Sixers in a seven-game series with that roster. I don't know if you'd beat the Cavs in a seven-game series with that roster. I, I don't because because OG can guard bigger than his size, and and I think that you when you play the rest of the teams in the East, you need size, okay. and I. I, and I know Draymond Green would come, would but come Draymond in. Draymond Green has but been I, I able to play as uh, he's been able to be the undersized center that nobody else has been able to be. Like other teams emulate trying to be that small ball center that he is. I, I, I'm just saying that it's never going to happen. They're not going to make the trade. It could. No it, watch it tomorrow. They're, tomorrow, the, it's the Warriors happen. are not making that trade, even though it's better for them. They're not making that trade. I believe that they wouldn't just give up Draymond Green. For just OG Ananobi. Now, if OG Ananobi had some picks, I mean, that'd be ridiculous, right? That's when they couldn't say no. That's I'm saying no. They couldn't say no now. Exactly. If you throw in picks, I think Masai Ujiri is not going to make it out of that building alive. I would. So in Toronto is going to put a bullet. (laughs) Oh man, no. It it, exactly. So I don't think it's going to happen. Bottom line. But let me ask you this. Do you think Draymond Green's going to finish his career as a Golden State Warrior? Well, yeah, he's going to sign on one day. Same way LeBron's going to sign on one day with Cleveland. It's the thing that all these guys do. But Draymond's never been anywhere else. 
So for him to go somewhere else now seems a little bit more to say than like LeBron because LeBron left for Cleveland. At that point, it's like, oh, shit. It's probably going to be on his next contract because the Warriors spent money on Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins. You still have Thompson and Curry. I mean, they got a lot of money tied up in just a couple players. So now I think Draymond Green would definitely be willing to take a pay cut to stay with Golden State given that's where he's been his entire career, especially if the Warriors are staying competitive. But I don't know. Uh, he, I, he'll probably he'll probably stay a Golden State Warrior. I don't see. I mean, unless they did get something like OG and Obi and picks, and the people in Toronto are hypnotized and don't know what they're doing, then yeah, I think the Warriors would make that that trade because I think it does make them better. And you know what? It's just money. They'll be in the luxury tax that long. Who cares? Not that the cap space means anything to these teams whatsoever. They can oh we're just gonna we're gonna re re renegotiate. We're gonna re re strategize, yeah, move around some soft money. Cap, right? Yeah. I mean we're just gonna put some money where it's at. I mean teams can do that, you know. The Warriors can do it better than anyone. Yeah, I mean you get okay, so you're giving this guy fifty million like hundred and fifty million dollars over four years. You know, is there a rule saying when they have to get all that money? Can you be like, hey, let's again, which is a you know, let's just throw a bunch of it in year two because we know we're gonna have some money next year, but the year after that we know we're not gonna have some money, so we'll get the contract back down now. I mean that they, they've got ways that I mean it's you know, it's like they all, it's like every team's got their own Jordan Bell for running their their cap space. They're running penny stock scams and somehow getting underneath this cap space. You know, it just happens. It just happens. Well, it's been entertaining, nonetheless. It's been good basketball. And that's what I've been appreciative of. So, like I said, there's been a lot of teams that came out really hot and heavy the first uh, couple of weeks. There's been some that have got cooled off a little bit, but... I'm uh, I'm excited for this year. I think people are ready to get back to a regular schedule, and we're ready to just play some basketball. Let's play some basketball. Playing basketball. We love basketball. All right, we've officially gone into the singing portion of the podcast, so I think it's probably about time. To yeah, that, that means Mason's done. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, until next time, we'll make it short. Peace.